Welcome to Talk About. On Talk About, our goal is to sit down with open-minded people for open and honest discussion. No judgment, no hidden agenda, just getting the conversation started. This week, we sit down with three tremendous women who have made a commitment to help individuals on their road to self-transformation. Kelly, Courtney, and Debbie have devoted their time and energy to help people become more grounded and even deal with and overcome such things as physical discomfort and traumas, both past and present. The tool we're focusing on this week, breathwork healing. Listen in as they describe the techniques and what benefits may await you through this practice. Sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, ladies, you all have your drinks handy there, I see. So we'll uh, do the virtual cheers. So cheers, welcome to the show. We had a brief discussion before coming on air as to what everybody was drinking. Um, you know, we've, we've got some teas, we've got some waters, uh, but, uh, but Debbie is drinking something and it just, <laughs> this is the way it is, right? Just throw them right out, right under the bus. Debbie, what, what do you have in that lovely mug of yours? What's in my mug actually does grow in poop. It is mushroom coffee, <laughs> but it does not, it tastes fantastic. It's got um, a couple of antioxidants in it also, lion's mane, chaga, all that good stuff, and gives me a little bit of a boost since I just had a massage and I was feeling a little sleepy. So I get the boost without the jitters. It's pretty good. That's that's outstanding. We we were discussing whether or not you know any of us have had this before. Um, I don't want to say that Kelly almost vomited, but she was a pretty no, she was pretty hard no. <laughs> On that, <laughs> uh, Courtney, do you have any opinions of mushroom coffee? I have a love-hate relationship for mushrooms. I go through and have gone through several phases where I love them, and then all of a sudden I hate them. I don't like the texture, and I don't like the smell. And I'm very particular in what things I like to have mushrooms in. I think mushroom tea would be a no for me. Mushroom? Psilocybin, however, I am yeah. a yes for. I don't love the taste, but I'm a yes for it. I'm a yes for it for other reasons, not so much the taste. I yes. think that is the best possible answer there is because, I mean, if I were to choose between the mushroom coffee and the mushroom tea, I, I, I think I would. I think I would lean towards the tea. Uh, however, my last tea experience um, really pushed the limits. So you got to You got to be. You got to play safe out there, kids. It's uh, yes. but. That being said, it's it, everyone that's listened, anyone who's listened to the show knows that my, of my feelings, uh, psilocybin and uh, and all the fun stuff that goes with that. The mushroom coffee, though, and, and Courtney or sorry, and Debbie, you could probably speak to this a little bit. It, it doesn't it doesn't do the same things. Right. It has the same properties that the mushrooms offer, but it's not that same psilocybin experience, is it? No, not at all. Could you imagine I was on psilocybin during this call? That would be a fun podcast. Um, but uh, no, not at all. And actually, I don't know if it's different kinds of mushrooms, you know, with the mushroom tea versus what's in mushroom coffee. I, knew, I know there's a ton of varieties of mushrooms, but no, not at all. Just a nice, even lift. I just found out that mushrooms actually have caffeine in them so i didn't know that i like it i like it it's it's not bad uh it it does have a 
a taste to it, but it's definitely not the same as mushrooms. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify it as I've, I've had some in, instant uh, mushroom coffee that I use for a little bit of a pick me up as well. But listen, we, we got off on, on the flip that we normally do, which is what's in people's cups. We ended up not focusing on everybody's cups, just the one cup, but I think that that's pretty good. Let's, let's leave that there. I'm super excited about this episode. We've got two gigantic firsts on the show. Uh, one is a returning guest. So for the first time in 30 some odd episodes, we have a return guest by popular demand. So welcome back to the show, Kelly. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And the other big first here is this is the first time that we have three people on at, as well. And so the brand new faces that you've already heard the voices of are Courtney. So welcome, Courtney. Hello. Thank you for having us on today. Absolutely. And Debbie as you've heard, is a big fan of mushroom coffee. <laughs> thank you. So happy to be here. <laughs> so thank you, ladies, very much for coming on the show. Um, before we do get into the meat of this conversation, and the meat of this conversation is going to be about breathwork healing, uh, which, is, which is fantastic, because since the last time Kelly and I spoke, I've actually taken your show uh, or taken your, your class uh, virtually. And I've got my notes here. So I am going to read later on some of those personal notes that I had from my experience there. Uh, I believed in what you guys were, were undertaking anyways from some of the meditation and breathing work that I've done on my own. But uh, what you ladies are doing is uh, nothing like I've experienced other than aforementioned psilocybin type experiences, uh, which blew me away. I was kind of expecting it, but I wasn't at the same time. So I'm really excited to get into that conversation. Uh, but before that, I just want to give the audience uh, a little bit of an opportunity to get to know you. Now, Kelly, we're going to give you a little bit of a pass on this one because people had a chance to listen to your episode and it, the, the comments are still pouring in. So again, thanks for being such an awesome guest. Oh, thank you. We're going to move to our new faces and, and just want to give us an idea as to where you came from, kind of a little bit of where you are now, like how you found yourself here now and, and where you see yourself going uh, with the practices that you're undertaking. And because on my screen, the biggest uh, pain of, of uh, thing that's existing is actually Courtney. So we're going to, by default, we're just going to go with my computer it's telling me that we're going to start with Courtney. So please, Courtney, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, for sure. Where can I start? I was thinking about this, how much I really wanted to share with everybody. And what I find really interesting about my life is that I didn't grow up in a space where there was a lot of awareness around healing or spirituality or having hard conversations. I didn't really know what any of that looked like. And I think for me, there was a heavy focus um, I'm half Chinese, half French Newfie, so that's a really cool mix. And um, in our household, it was very like, have a lot of money, go to school, get good grades. These are the things that are important. And I think from a really young age, I always knew that there was something more. And so when I turned 18, I moved out of my parents' house. I went to university. I started traveling and I found yoga. And um, really, that was the first place for me that opened up this space where there was something more than just what I could see. It was more about what I could feel. I started diving deep into 
you know, how to heal certain relationships and why I was showing up the way I was. And I know in Kelly's last podcast, she shared um, about a program that she had taken where she was getting asked all of these questions about self-inquiry and really diving into who she was. And one of the first relationships I actually had to heal in my life was with Kelly. Um, I found yoga a couple years before I stumbled upon Power Yoga Canada, Oshawa. And when I took my teacher training through Power Yoga Canada, we had to write these things called letters of inauthenticity. And it was all about owning yourself in different relationships with the intention to heal them. And one of the people I wrote to, because at the time, Kelly and I were seeing each other through some muddy lenses, which is hard to believe now because we love each other so much. And um, we weren't aligning. And so she came to teacher training to assist. And I read this letter to her and we both bawled. And that was probably the beginning of me having like hard conversations, seeing what the power of owning my stuff and taking responsibility for my life could look like. From there, honestly, my life just took a totally different turn. I engulfed myself in the studio completely. I think teaching is one of my greatest blessings. I absolutely love it. It's been support for me through my hardest times. It's been, you know, my family through everything I've been through over the last 10 years. And Debbie and Kelly are both my friends, also my mentors. They challenge me the most in my life and have also been the people that have loved me and supported me the most. So when Kelly brought Breathwork to the yoga studio a couple of years back for me now, about three, I took one Breathwork class and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to teach people this too. And I signed up for training that day and then just catapulted me even further on this path to healing. And similar to what you said, Chris, I've dabbled in some psilocybin and some other hallucinogenic drugs, and it's always given me this really profound experience where lots of healing happens. And I just thought, how wonderful is it that people can practice a one-hour session and dive deep into their own healing and have this incredible experience? I thought, wow, I want to share that with everyone. So I signed up for training, went to training. I know Debbie went to training around the same time. And then we were all teaching. We were teaching, we were building, we were growing, COVID hit. And one of the greatest blessings because of COVID was that our business was born, Breathwork Healing. We were on Zoom calls like once a week, anywhere from three to like five hours sometimes, just building our website and growing this huge online presence. And then the greatest thing for our company that has happened in the last year or so has been that now we teach other people how to facilitate breath work and um it's probably one of my greatest honors because I struggled so much with self-doubt not feeling good enough to do this work not feeling good enough as a partner as a daughter as a friend as a teacher and I took a training four years ago and I stood up in front of 200 people I declared very loudly on a microphone I'm going to lead trainings one day. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know when, but I'm going to do it. And as soon as I stepped away from the microphone, all of the voices creep back in and they're like, no, you're not. You're not going to do that. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You're never going to do that because you're too scared and you're too nervous. And after the first training that we ran in September of 2021, my heart just exploded because I had done the thing that I said I was going to do. As I sit here right now, the thing that I feel the most honored, excited, 
about in my life is that I get to work with these two beautiful people, but even more so that we get to give access to so many people, like the deepest healing they'll ever experience in their lives. For me, I honestly feel, I tell this to people all the time, I feel like I'm living my dream. Like the dream life that I've always wanted to live, I'm living it like right now. And I don't feel like a lot of people get to say that, but I want to empower people and inspire people and let them know that they can live their dream too. They can have that life now. You know, they don't have to wait for it. So long story short, which was not a short story. Um, that's how I got here. And I'm very, very happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Well, first of all, thank you very much for sharing uh, a piece of your journey. I know it's so hard to encapsulate what you go through in order to get to this point, but you hit on all the points that are important to you at this point in time. And long story, long, short story, short, doesn't make a difference. You, you know, the, I had no idea of this. And this is one of the reasons why I don't ask a lot of questions and dig too much into it because finding out this information uh, as we go is outstanding. The fact that you wrote this letter to Kelly, uh, I mean, I had no idea. So, I mean, that that's, that's a really cool takeaway, but also the journey that you go on is not unlike a lot of people out there, right? There's so many people going through their own particular journeys that uh, to empower people. Absolutely. And, and I think that you're, you're living proof of that. So Thank you very much for sharing that. And now we're going to jump over. I, I was going to call you the mushroom queen. I don't know why. It just <laughs> popped into my head. We're just mushroom coffee, people. It's relax. It's okay. It's just a little caffeine. Um, but uh, but Debbie, uh, I, I'm curious to see, you know, where where did you come from? Where, where you know, how do you find yourself here? And, and please tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. My mind literally went to, okay, do you want the, where did I come from spiritual answer or where did mm. I come from? Well, based on the conversation <laughs> that we had before we got going, you were feeling pretty Zen today. You, you're coming off a massage. You got a little yeah. bit of Shaga and, and lion's mane and all that good stuff in you. I, I, a perfect opportunity for a spiritual angle, but I'm going to let it's dealer's choice, whatever, whatever you feel. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay, well, where to start? I mean, I would say that I've always had this natural ability to sort of bring a lot of light into the space, a lot of light into a room and a lot of energy and a lot of like passion. Um, but my journey didn't actually begin until I was about uh, um, 30 years old when I had my twin girls through in vitro fertilization. One of my one of the biggest miracles of my entire life, um, which I'm so proud of. But before my spiritual journey, I worked at a, um, I was a, a, in the veterinarian world and I first was a, a pet groomer. And then I worked my way into a animal hospital where I, um, where I was just working with animals all day. And that was for a solid 12 years of my life. But the most interesting part of that whole experience was actually one of my biggest somehow jobs that sort of fell on me was being able to talk to the clients and their animals, whether they're putting their animal down for euthanasia and dealing with those emotions um, or somebody upset or angry at their bill. <laughs> I just had this natural ability to handle these people. And so what I kind of realized along the way was that, huh, like I do love animals and that is one of my deep passions, but 
I feel like somehow I'm being pushed into uh, the love of, of, of humans and human emotions and just the way humans react and respond and things like that. And I got really interested in, in stuff like that to the point where even my boss was pulling me into a room asking me for um, advice on how to handle certain things. Then I had the girls and about three weeks after I had the girls, I was pretty messy. I was uh, not, you know, feeling myself at all. And um, one of my naturopathic doctors at the time, she was like, well, have you ever tried yoga? And, and, um, and so I was like, no. So I did that. I just knew I was in the right place for like one um, whole hour. I didn't think about babies or my husband or, or, or baby bottles or, or anything. And that was truly the point that, that, pushed me into this realm of wanting to get into deeper healing. So fast forward a bit, we lived in Mississauga. My husband wanted to move closer to work. He works at Pickering, um, Ontario Power Generation in Pickering. And um, we thought when our twins turned four and they're ready to go to school, we'll move. Well, I was moving away from everybody, my family, my friends, everything. I knew nothing out here in Durham region. But one of my biggest... Um, you know, feelings of sadness about leaving was leaving my yoga community. And um, which meant I wanted to start a yoga community out here. Fast forward, met Kelly. And of course, I was like, gosh, what a great, you know, yin to my yang. <laughs> you know, let's, uh, you know, would you be interested in starting a yoga studio? And we started the studio together. And um, all through that time, I've been always doing a lot of healing work, at least minimum the past 10 years, working deeply within transformation of myself and trying to sort of figure out myself, why I felt so different, why I felt so out of place in this world, why I never felt like this physical world was truly my home. And I know that can sound maybe a little wooey, but that's just how I've always been since I was a child. Um, just sort of felt like, you know, like, when am I going home type thing, looking around this world going, gosh, you know, when am I going? And not that I wanted to leave, but it just had never felt like home, never grounded here. So always doing a lot of work. Um, but when Kelly took breath work, when she visited a friend in California, she came back and told me about her experience. And I actually was bumped up with a bit of resistance because I was literally like, who would want to do that? <laughs> that sounds actually terrible. Um, unbeknownst to me, I went to India um, about six to eight months after my father passed away. I, I needed something. I needed some healing um, in a different environment. And I was just like, I want to do, I want to go to India. There was no part of this course in India that was doing, was uh, breath work. But suddenly the facilitators of this program ran into facilitators of a breath, holotropic breathwork experience who agreed to come and do a session with us. So right away, I kind of had an idea of what I was in for, but um, I at the same time had no idea what I was in for. And I had probably one of the most phenomenal experiences I've ever had where whether this sounds too much for everybody or not, my father did visit me um, and let me know he was okay. And I got to grieve just cathartically in that hour and a half 
all of the grieving I couldn't really do within the time frame of his passing. And um, he, um, matter of fact, stayed with me for the 48 hours following. I could feel his energy at the end of my bed in, uh, in, an, in an ashram in, in India. And uh, he stayed with me 48 hours. Right away, I was like, this is something. You know, out of all of the healing stuff, out of all of the energy healing I've gone to and the channelings I've done and, and I, there is something with this. And that was what wanted, that was everything, the catalyst to push me into doing training. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I had no intentions of being involved in another business. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, it's funny cause, uh, you know, the founders of Power Yokino would often be like, Oh, do you want to open another location? And I was like, hell no, hell no, hell no. And then breathwork healing, like just fell into place, just like opening the studio did with Kelly fell into place, just like leaving my, my passion with animals and into this journey fell into place. And so I just trusted that journey and um, I wouldn't trade it in for anything. It has been just probably the most profound healing. At, uh, we've done, been doing this for like three years now. And like I said, out of everything I've done, this is what has moved me forward into the space I feel like I am in now. So I have like huge gratitude to this process. That's, uh, I mean, if there's ever a ringing endorsement, you know, when I, when I take a look at what people have done and and their journeys, uh, as I like to call them, you know, whether that is yoga or it is, you know, hallucinogenics or, you know, breathing all meditation, all of this stuff, it's all a journey, right? Like life we always talk about is a journey. And so, yeah, we're going to probably talk about some quote unquote woo woo stuff. That's fine. Uh, because I'm still trying to find answers myself, man. Like I, I've been, I've been, I feel like I've been on different planes of existence and I don't know what that is. And then when you come back here, you're like, yeah, there is something to this. Now, Kelly, you're, you're the bridge here. You're the bridge for bringing these lovely ladies into my life and you're you know, bringing breathwork into my life. You're also the bridge for bringing this whole breathwork thing together. Uh, when we spoke, this was was still kind of a, a new-ish thing because you did have the disruptions of COVID. Um, but now, you know, we're, we're starting to open up again and things are looking good. And I know that the class that I attended back in February was also attended in person. How are you feeling about this journey so far? And, and, and your place in it, not to put you too much on a pedestal, but. <laughs> oh, oh, Chris. Um... <laughs> yes. <laughs> the embarrassment. That's what I was going for. <laughs> I know. I know you guys can't see my red cheeks and my fiery <laughs> chin, like everything. Um, no, I love what, what Courtney and Debbie have shared. I mean, Debbie just shared that like everything kind of just fell into place and it became really easy. And I really feel like since, um, you know, me choosing to leave a corporate job, um, you know, similar lifestyle to Courtney and like growing up um, and dive into transformational work, let's call it, whether it's yoga or meditation or breath work or whatever it is, I really feel like things fall into place a little easier. I would say that these two ladies like fell into place perfectly in my life. And I mean, if I speak to like what Courtney shared about 
having that letter and writing that to me, like for me, that was like probably the biggest gift ever because what that did was open up the space for Courtney and I to have a relationship. And um, I have learned a lot from Courtney. <laughs> so um, just to give you a little bit of an example, like I think I shared before, but um, on our, our last podcast, but I was like a hard shell. There's been a lot that has helped me kind of crack away at that and like peel away some layers to open up and to be more vulnerable and to really share from like my heart. But Courtney, if you ever get the chance to meet her, is like a ball of love. She actually reminds me of one of my ex-boyfriends. She's just like, you just meet her and everybody that shares with me, like even at the yoga studio that they met Courtney and how great Courtney is, because I hear that every week. Um, they're always like, she's so loving. You just get that. Like she's open arms, like here I am, my heart is out, like pure love from me to you. And she wears that like on her outside. Um, so that was a bit, really big gift for me because um, having someone that is that open and that vulnerable and that loving and like wants to hug you all the time and tell you how much they love you and all of that, it really is like it ha I had to like let go of some of my walls. So I had to peel away those layers. So I acknowledge her for coming into my life and opening up that space and that door. And it's been beautiful and we've had such hard times, but I really believe that like, the hardest relationships that you have, if you are open to it, can be like the most, I don't know, the most beautiful thing, but also contribute the most to your learnings about yourself and how you show up for people in your life. I feel honored to have Courtney in my life, 100%. And uh, I don't forget about you, Debbie. So then <laughs> Debbie, she fell into place too. I mean, to give you the quick story about Debbie, like I was in that program that I was sharing with you on the last podcast that really was a catalyst in my life. It was actually that program that I remember she came in late to the program and I was like, who's this girl coming in late? And then she just right away, the whole program stopped and the facilitators were like, Debbie, you're here. And then it went to Debbie to share on like why she, um, like where she was coming from. And she was coming from another program where she was doing a lot of, you know, personal growth on herself. So she came in and I remember thinking like, I feel like I know this person. I don't know if you've ever had that, but like where you're like, I feel like I know you. And at the time I thought, oh, she must've been like in a past life of mine. That's where I went. And we're going to go wooey sometimes. And that's where I went. I was like, oh, she must've been in a past life of mine. Like, and here she is. And she's in this program. Cool. That's cool. And then the universe was like, after my yoga training, they were like, um, we're going to put Debbie as Kelly's mentor. Out of all the people I could have been paired with, Debbie was my mentor. So I was like, okay, cool. This is that girl that came in late and she shared about where she was at. I felt like I knew her. This is cool. And so that happened. And then we became good friends. And um, at the time she was looking at building a, a yoga studio with another partner. And um, I don't know, she just, I guess one day asked me if I wanted to be her business partner. And that probably was also one of my biggest gifts as well, because Debbie is like, she said, lights up the room and um, is really in and has been in a lot of transformational work her whole life. And so me coming from this little like walls up a life that wasn't about um, mindfulness or transformation or inquiry into yourself at all, 
um, then Debbie was showing up in my life and she challenged me a lot. And um, I think that I grew the most from that relationship because really uh, our relationship wasn't easy either. We went through so many bumps and, and ups and downs and, but we were open to always respecting each other and really just learning from each other. And so, I mean, it's such an honor to have both these ladies in my life. And I feel like Debbie's on her last life. So I'm like, when people talk about the fact that I actually get to partner with Debbie, like you're putting me on a pedestal, but I'm like, look at these ladies. And um, I, that's an honor to be able to be, <laughs> she's laughing right now. You guys can't see her, but to be on her last life. And I'm like, yes, I get to actually be her business partner and learn from her everything I can. So like, let's soak it in. So it actually felt really natural for me to, once I decided I wanted to bring breathwork to Canada and start teaching it, I remember telling both of them, like, you guys have to do this. And it just seemed like it was such a fit because they were both in so much transformation in their life in general. And so it was very natural process um, to kind of go from bringing it alone to like, you guys need to do this too and, and join me and let's do this. And the rest kind of just trailed from there and where we're at today, like to your original question, Chris, um, I mean, I feel so good about it. I feel honored to be able to lead these trainings where we can just get more people teaching breath work in general in out there in the world. And the more people we train, the more people that are teaching it, the more people that are being healed. And that's really what our mission is, is to, you know, heal as many people as we can, not just um, in our little confined space, but in the world and open up a, a tool that people can use. Um, that's different from some of the, some of the tools that are out there right now. So yeah, I am super excited to be here and super excited to be with all of you. Awesome. Well said. I mean, those are some of the most uh, amazing and solid openings that I've had to any episodes and to have them all collected into one is, is outstanding. And it speaks a lot to me because like I said, you know, my, my journey has started a while back and, and really kind of got serious probably about five years ago or so, but you know, always, you know, speaking to what you were saying, Courtney, about just feeling like you don't belong. And, you know, Debbie, like just like all of these things that you kind of go through your mind. And, but what I'm hearing from all three of you is something that I think is really important to bring up that we're not trying to eliminate struggle completely. We're looking to add tools because I, I think that we all agree that life can be a struggle sometimes, right? Like we're going to get hit with things as we go. And I think this idea of this is just my feelings, right? Uh, the idea of completely destroying the ego so it doesn't exist, you know, sometimes makes me wonder, like, can we just, can we, can we learn from these things, right? Can we open ourselves up in a way? And that's what I'm, I'm seeing and feeling from you ladies right now is that you've, you've found a way in a, uh, what should I say, a waking state that you've opened yourself up. You've, you've, tore open those layers that we throw on ourselves so we can survive the road, the road, you know, bumps in the road. But this you're saying you're feeling is another tool that we can deal with those. And I find that fascinating because, you know, Debbie, you've been doing this for quite some time. You've been, you know, on this journey of self-discovery, yoga, all of this self-improvement. Uh, it almost sounds like you, you're the one that's kind of been doing this the longest on that level. And still you're finding another tool. So let's get into this tool, shall we? Breathwork healing. Um, 
I had taken this class. Uh, we're we're going to start off with my experience. I'm just going to get right in and I'm going to throw it right out there. Uh, give give you ladies a, a break of of talking for a second. I took your class uh, virtually. Uh, to in, in full transparency, I was still a little nervous with COVID. Uh, we we were like right on the cusp. I think I was texting Kelly like the day of or something like that. It's like, can we get a virtual link? Uh, I, I just want to stay at home. Uh, you know, I, I, it was it was not there, so I didn't know how this would translate online. I do have to say that I know from, you know, doing yoga and stuff in person that when you get that vibe, that feeling in the room, you can't really replace that online. However, you ladies did a great job uh, with how you presented it and, and it, it reached through the screen and, and the microphone. And then I had a chance to write down some notes afterwards because that's what you do when you journey. Uh, so I brought my little notes here uh, and I'm going to share a few things because maybe you want some insight. Uh, I'm sure that you guys have heard this before. Um, but yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I was like, my heart was racing like immediately. And we're going to walk through this process that you, that you take us through. Uh, so people can get a little bit of a different idea. We're not talking about just breathing. Like breathing is fine. The breathing that we do on a regular basis, I think we all agree is probably not enough for our bodies anyways right? We're constantly stressing our bodies. And I'm going to let the professional speak on that a little bit more. But as soon as we started getting into the work of it, my heart was racing. Like I was laying down and my heart was racing. I was like, what the hell is this? I was breathing heavy. Like I was running up the stairs. Um, I was inhaling these emotions uh, and you guys guide us really well on these things, but I was, I was inhaling these emotions and I was, I was just letting them out on the exhale. Uh, I was finding at a certain point in time, I was struggling. Uh, at first, there was pain, there was hurt, there was fear. But because I have had a chance to experiment with different things, that actually quickly subsided into bawling my eyes out, but laughing at the same time. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, I'm not crying because I'm sad, scared, or hurt. I'm crying because it's in some ways, this is all a big joke. And in other ways, I was like, I was just genuinely happy. And, and the tears were the only way I could do that. I was laughing hysterically and bawling my eyes at the same time. It was crazy. Um, but at the end of it, chest was completely clear. My body was relaxed. Um, I wrote down here very much like psilocybin. Uh, there was a very strong connection to that experience, which I thought was outstanding. I think it may have been Debbie, but I'm, I'm not sure who said this. Uh, but there was a quote, don't hold yourself back from joy. And I was like, yes. And it's not like you haven't heard that before. It's not like it hasn't been said in different ways. But I think one of the valuable things about these tools that we continue to put into our toolbox of life is that we have to be reminded of this every once in a while, right? So that was a little bit about my experience. Now, I want the audience to understand a little bit about this because I know I've talked to people about this even before I took the breathwork classes man like they're oh, I got this knot in my neck I'm like I know that knot that right there is the same thing that I've gone through you have to breathe through it if you've gone through other things and there's nothing serious there and then Kelly and I spoke I was like there's this breathwork thing and I was like this breathwork thing sounds pretty cool it's kind of like what I'm doing but just on steroids you know it's a, a long class and then I took the class and I said to the person that I was talking to, I was like, you got to do this. Like, this is just something you have to experience. So I'm going to start with you, Kelly, because you were the one that took this class first. 
Could you get us started as to what this process is? Somebody contacts you and says, I've heard this breathwork thing is like being on mushrooms and I want to see little green people running around. Uh, it's, it's not like that, people. Um, but uh, but no, they, they've heard about this now and they want to do this, but they want a little bit of a prep, right? Like want a little bit of a nudge. So like, how, how do you how do you explain this? Yeah. So first off, thanks for sharing your experience. I love your experience. And <laughs> oh, and um, feel free to offer any any insight into that experience because I, I don't I don't really know. No, it's great. And like that's the thing. Half the time we really don't know what's happening. Like when I do breath work, I'm like, I don't know the reasons why anything is happening, but that's okay. And your body, like obviously viscerally needed to release laughter and crying and all of that. And, and you called it joy and, and that's great. So I, lo I love that. I love that experience and hearing people really feeling any emotion really, and they really feel it. And I know for, I can probably speak for Courtney and Debbie too, and saying that like, really that's the honor for us is when people get to feel that whatever emotion that they haven't been feeling, they get to feel that. So, so great. As far as breathwork goes, like really what you would need to know if someone came to me and was like, oh, I want to, I don't know. I've heard about this breathwork thing. I see it on social media which, what is it like? I would say that um, you're going to come in comfortable clothes or online in your, in the, you know, comfort of your home. And you're going to lay down on the ground on a mat um, with some comfort around you. And you're going to do two different types of breath. And the first breath we call the active breath. And this is done all through your mouth. And what it does is it taps you into fight, flight, or freeze. It will dredge up anything that's sitting in your body, past experiences, emotions, whatever it is that needs to come out. This breath is done for like almost a half an hour. It's so powerful and it's hard work. You know, if people come in, I'm always like, you know, I always sell them on like, oh, you're just going to lay down. It'll be really easy. And then I've even had people recently call me out. They're like, Kelly, I've done breath work. It isn't easy. <laughs> but what I would say about it is that like anything in our life that is more challenging, there is more payoff there. And so, um, yeah, it's hard to keep breathing. It's two breaths in through your mouth and one breath out. So all through your mouth, this is what activates the fight flight response. Then um, it's so powerfully and powerful. And the music that we play is really supportive to like energetic and helping you kind of with that tough work. The um, middle portion, we actually get everyone to scream. If you've never let out a scream before, just go to your car. If you're in your car right now listening, wherever you're at, like just grab a pillow, go to your car and just go outside and like let out the biggest scream because anything that's left after that first section where you're breathing that active breath, anything that's left in you, it's like it all comes out in that scream. scream. And so that a lot of people will just, they'll be holding on tight during the first portion, feeling the emotion, feeling the stuff come up. I mean, anything can really come up, memories, past experiences, it just it's like a movie reel coming into your head, or maybe nothing's coming up, but that scream kind of like lets you just go somewhere different and um, feel something different. And then a lot of people end up releasing their emotion finally on that screen. Some people release a lot of emotion before that, but some people it takes that scream to do it. And, um, and then after the scream, we go into the meditation portion. The meditation portion is really soft music and um, supports 
you just being in your body, feeling what you need to feel. The active breath, breathing through your mouth is finished. You start breathing through your nose, really gentle breaths, and it takes you back out of fight or flight. So you're not in it anymore. Yeah. And then you, you can lay there as long as you want. Like that portion really for us is about 20 minutes, but you could just lay there and um, let everything kind of just that's come to the surface or that keeps coming to the surface, just settle in your heart space. And there's a lot of physical stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about that goes on a lot of things that you feel physically during the active portion. So the meditation, all that kind of settles down and goes away. And then you're most people are left feeling like a lot clearer and like more joy and really at peace. They, they may not know why. And that's okay. Cause half the time, I don't know why I'm just like, I just cried for an hour and I don't know why, but it's okay. I feel so good. Like a weight has been lifted off me. So I always just tell people like, come experience it. It has, it's something everybody on the planet needs to do. You do not have to be like an active person. You could be a beginner. You don't even have to be in, you know, inquiry in your life or transformation or meditation. You just have to be open to like a new experience and um, whatever's meant to happen will happen during this experience for, for each and every one. Very well said. I mean, I think that, uh, I think I, I wish that more people would approach day-to-day -day life that way, to be honest, because best laid plans, right? And one of the things that I've definitely noticed that's that's popped up for me over the past few years is it's okay to operate on a daily basis with an idea as to what you want to do, but don't strangle it so much that if something comes up that it completely derails you. Now, you mentioned the physical aspect. Courtney, I want to bring you in on this. Speak to the to the physical component of this for me would you your experience experience that other people have told you just to give an idea as to what kelly is kind of touched on there uh, absolutely i know the physical aspects that you can experience in a breathwork session are something that we put a lot of attention on when we're explaining the session to anybody that hasn't breathed before I know for myself, probably the first five times that I breathed, I had tingling sensations from head to toe. And it's really now that I know so much about breath work, about moving energy through your body. You're like moving all this oxygen, your cells are getting lots of oxygen. And so we are energy, right? And so you're moving all this energy through your body and it can show up as you know, numbness, tingling. I, you know, remember my hands and my feet getting stuck in these really weird positions, things I'd never felt before. I felt glued to the floor. I felt like I was elevated 10 feet off the floor. I felt like as light as a feather and as heavy as a, a rock. And one of the things we like to remind people is that all the physical stuff you feel is completely normal. The things that we move through in our lives, our traumas, our pains, our sadness, our fears, every time fight or flight sympathetic nervous system gets activated, I believe the body holds onto something until we do the work to dive in and clear it. So we're just holding. Um, there's a quote that says that psychology lives in the physiology of the body. Everything we experience is living in there. And so I know for me over time, lots of breath work, lots of feeling all of these crazy, weird physical sensations, really intense physical sens sensations that over time, my body has been able to release trauma in that way too. So one of the ways we also like to frame it for people who are asking, why does this happen? There is some science behind it. And we believe truly it's just, it's like trauma trying to come to the surface and come out of the body. So the same way Kelly was talking about 
dredging up past experiences and memories and Debbie talking about being able to grieve, you know, people are moving through so much. It's just your body trying to pull everything to the surface so it can clear. One of the other cool things that happens when you scream is that it activates those sensations even more. So now when I breathe, I don't feel those sensations as much. Is there still trauma in there? Absolutely, but not nearly as much as there used to be. And it doesn't have the same energetic charge. So I actually want to feel more sensations. And my favorite part of the practice is, is the scream. I scream the loudest scream I can scream of my life every time I scream, because that's when I feel the most stuff in my body. That's when my fingers start tingling and my feet start tingling. And maybe I feel like I'm floating and it's just such a cool experience. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, similar to psilocybin or, you know, other hallucinogenic drugs, those physical sensations that you kind of start to feel in your body. It's a really cool experience. Your, your body is talking to you. And so are you able to just, we say this a lot in our sessions, are you able just to allow everything to be? So there's the part of breathwork where you're giving yourself permission to feel, as Kelly talked about, um, emotionally, but also giving yourself permission to feel everything physically, right? It's just the body's way of healing, of clearing. And you mentioned you were feeling some stuff too. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, actually. Uh, the the openness to feeling everything. There's a movie flying around. I don't know if, if you have had a chance to see it, any of you. Uh, everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. Uh, and mm. we've actually, we've enjoyed this movie so much. It's batshit crazy at certain points. Uh, let me, I, I'll preface it with that. But what they play around with is these elements of everything all at once. And, and I know some of the meditation classes that I've taken and in a lot of that thinking and breathing is that idea of, you know, just let the thought be the thought, you know, let it come, let it go. But it, it's so it's such a vital thing that you bring up. And I'm glad that you brought that up. One of the other things that you brought up is trauma. And we, in our pre-conversation last week, Debbie, I don't know why am I, why am I always going to you? Like I'm throwing you under the bus constantly. It's mushrooms. It's, it's woo woo. It's like, she was the first one to ask me that last week. <laughs> so you, you had mentioned though, that you had studied trauma. And so I want to bring you in at this point in time, because trauma is one of these things that I'm still really trying to wrap my head around. And I know, like you said, Courtney, there's a little bit of science to it, but you know, it's still working on it. I'm a big avid fan of psychology and psychology has its, uh, its own shortcomings as well as all the other things that we do. But I think it's worth, you know, noting these things. Trauma is interesting uh, and trauma can be generational. It can be, you know, severe. It can be physical. There's the big T, there's the little T, there's all sorts of stuff going on with trauma. So that being said, Debbie, walk me through this. What, what are we talking about here? Like what is going on with this trauma that we store in our bodies? Can we learn from it? Is it useful? Can we get it the hell out of here so that we don't have to worry about it? Like what, what's going on with trauma? Okay. Yes. I feel the bus. I feel like I'm under it. <laughs> <laughs> we can call it the big T bus right now. And then no, we'll work to little T's. Yeah. Um, well, this is great for me actually, because uh, it'll be a testament to what I'm learning and if I'm really absorbing what I'm learning. So trauma isn't necessarily something that happens to you. It's more along the lines of your internal process about it or what you made it mean. 
so there are a lot of people that have been through traumatic, what we would say traumatic experiences, but actually are able to regulate and walk out of there almost scot-free without the after effects of what happened. And then there are times where things are quite traumatic. Um, I'll say big T or little t, which I'll talk about in a second, where the internal process of what happened and what they made it mean about themselves and their environment and the world, that is what gets stuffed down. And that's actually the trauma in, in a sense. So that's why um, you don't have to go through, say, a big T trauma, which could be labeled as, say, for example, um, going through a, a terrible car accident or seeing something terrible happen to a parent, um, something terrible happening to you, whether it's, say, being mugged or raped, um, something like that. And then we can have little t trauma, which could be something very simple, as I say in my adult mind, very simple, but could be something as small as being bullied. That that actually could be almost a big t trauma, the more that I think about it. But people, like as an adult, you could look back and say, man, like everybody gets bullied, you know, um, being bullied, um, a teacher possibly giving you a bad grade, artwork being torn and shredded and and you know by a, a good friend of yours and tossed in the garbage you know and it's all about what the internal processes of that experience then lives in the body and then what happens is is whether can we handle that pain and if we can't handle the pain ourselves a or b there's nobody there to help us regulate that pain then we've got to put it somewhere because we can't handle it in this present moment and so where we put it is we sort of stuff it down. Now, the mind and the body are not separate at all. You know, a, a lot of people think, well, you know, that they are separate, but they're not. They work together. So even though I could say that the internal process of that event could be stored, say, in the limbic part of the brain where repressed memories are, um, there's also a brain of the body and it's stored in any part of the body. In fact, it could even be stored in a specific part of the body, depending on what happened. Say if it was a car accident and there was an injury, that trauma could essentially, that process, internal process, could actually be um, lodged in that specific part of the body as well. And hence why a lot of people feel um, a reoccurrence of chronic pain or, or an old injury when they're breathing and moving that stuff and moving out energy. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one as well. Uh, something that I've, I've tried on my journeys is, you know, focusing on the physical pain. Uh, I, I, I believe you, I, I mean, at this point in time, I believe that, yeah, there's definitely no separating the body and the mind. They work together on this plane in this existence. I don't know what happens next. I don't know if it separates. I have no idea. But, um, but yeah, there, there's gotta be something to that. Right. Kelly, like there's like, there's no separating mind and body and then, you know, addressing pains. Do you have people come to you and, and say like, oh, I've got like a shoulder pain. Like, you know, what, what can you do for that? Do you have people say that to you? Yeah. I mean, a lot of 
people that feel pain, especially when they're breathing, sometimes it takes them out. They just, it's, it's so much pain that they can't get comfortable to actually do the work of the breath. But I know from my experience, yeah, they go together. Like I, my biggest release was in one of my trainings and um, actually Courtney was there. She was at my head witness, witnessing my breathwork session. And um, I remember my brain went there first, maybe similar to when you felt the pain, right? Your brain goes there and it's like, it's almost focused on that one area. And I remember thinking like, usually I get pain in my lower back and I'm still working on that one, but this was my shoulder blades, like right behind my heart. And I remember thinking like, oh, there's this pain and like, follow that. Like, what's that about? Like, I was almost like telling the universe, like, bring me what that's about. And um, it felt like, it felt like it was so quick, but all of these answers I needed came in what was probably a flash of two seconds. Um, and to, to tell you what it was about really was that I felt the pain in my heart or my, my shoulders right around my heart. A memory came in about an ex-boyfriend that at the time um, when I was 21 and I was grieving the actual, um, the breakup of it, I thought I was grieving him and the loss of him. Well, what came into my mind right after that incident, so it was like, okay, it's about him. And then what came in my mind is how, like he was like Courtney, he was just like an open, like here I am loving like person and um, hadn't really felt like I had a lot of that in my life. And so, um, that came in, it was like, oh, okay. And then the answers came like, you weren't grieving that relationship of him necessarily, but the love that he offered. So it was so fast. It all came to me. And I was like, oh, like, okay, I, I was miss, I've been missing this type of love and feeling what that feels like and leaving him in that breakup. I, um, and circumstances just had us break up and I left, but, um, leaving that there was this really big hole of not feeling that type of love from another human yeah it was just it was so fast I got all the answers I needed to get and then I bawled like a baby for that was the start of class I think right Courtney so it was like I bawled like a baby for the rest of the session but the pain went away like as soon as those answers came through the pain was gone it sounds crazy to say all that and like for the audience right now they may be thinking like okay they haven't said what drug they're on while they're doing breath work, but like, really, there is no, you know, there's no drugs. It's really just like your breath and getting oxygen in and, and the power. It's so powerful to do this work. So yeah, that's what I would say about the mind body connection is that it's fully intertwined. And for me, it was like the physical and focusing on that allowed me to actually open up. Okay. What's there. And then all the answers I needed from my subconscious came forward for me. And I was able to, yeah, complete that process with something that was 20 years ago. So, so healing. The power of relationships and love, I, I don't think can be understated. And I think we, we just finally went through a global experiment in a lot of ways as to what those absences of physical contact and, and those relationships can really mean to the body and the mind. Uh, you know, it's, it's, and that's where you can't really say one is in control at any given time over the other. I think they kind of go hand in hand and who knows, you know, who is driving that bus. Uh, but Courtney, when, when you take a look at this, we're talking a lot about some, some things that people may call woo woo, but I'm not really hearing any woo woo. Like I'm not hearing like, Oh, this is, this is crazy. Um, you know, you, you have somebody from another life, 
contact you and talk to you. But, you know, Debbie hit on a point here. It's your perspective. It's the way that you frame this stuff, right? So the trauma that you get stored in your body can easily be for a pragmatic mind. Just the way that you have stored that perspective, like you just said, Kelly. So when somebody comes to you, Courtney, and says, ah, breathing, I breathe every day. If I wasn't here, if I, if I wasn't breathing, I wouldn't be here. How do you differentiate that person? Uh, you know, normal breathing versus maybe just working it through the system a little bit more. Like, how do you encourage them to just try it? I will say, Chris, that one of the things that we struggle with, and I can speak for Kelly and Debbie on this for sure, is getting people to try it. I think that it has a lot to do with how open people are. And so we do tend to get people who have kind of started to dabble a little bit in their own healing, started to open, something has opened for them. How or when or who opened up that space for them, I don't know. Something we say to everybody though, is if you don't feel ready, don't breathe because people know when they're ready. It's a, it's a gut thing. So we really trust people and we just talk about it the same way we have been. We are results focused. So we like to let people know these are all of the things you can experience. It, it, there isn't a lot of explanation we can give except for the basic difference that when you breathe in your daily life, you're breathing through your chest. So most people through your nose for a lot of the days, some people through your mouth, but this type of breath is diaphragmatic breath where you're pulling into your belly. And when you breathe into your belly, we actually store so much energetically in the belly that when we pull breath into that space, it does, like Kelly said, and Debbie says this all the time too, it dredges up, it pulls stuff up to the surface. Other than telling people that that's what's going to happen when you breathe, you're pulling, you're dredging, you're activating. There isn't much else that we can say to people for the breath, except that it can truly change your life. How? you got to come try it. Give it a shot. You just, you <laughs> just got to come, come try it. it. It can, it will give you everything that you need every time you breathe. And it's all about, for me, just trusting in something bigger, because I think the way a lot of people in society live is like, this is the 3D world. This is the realm we live in. If I can see it, I can believe it. And we, not as a collective, but there are a lot of people who, you know, don't believe outside of that. And so I think there has to be a little bit of willingness, a little bit of, of opening that's happening for them. And it can help if you have, you know, someone like, like Debbie is a mother to two beautiful girls. So of course, like her girls have come to try that. If you have someone in your life, right, that is in that work, you know, we get a lot of people who come and they breathe and then they're like, I'm going to bring my mom. I'm going to bring my son. I'm going to bring my husband. And that's like a lot of the way the work grows too. So I'd say openness and then yeah like having someone cool that's breathed before that helps too that absolutely helps too for sure but it's difficult I'd say one of the biggest challenges is for us to we we've been telling people to breathe at our studio some people I've given them the same the same spiel oh my gosh 50 60 times I'm like come breathe and and they just aren't ready yet and that's okay but the people who are they will know they'll feel it in their heart they'll feel it in their body and if you're listening to this you want you want to try this just at least once you want to try it you want to experience who knows could change everything about your life in just one hour 
Absolutely. And I think that that's super, super important. You know, I, I've talked to so many people over my lifetime about different things. Oh man, like, oh, again, the neck, right? Oh, my neck is, is sore today. You know, have you gone to see, you know, a massage? No. Oh, okay. Well, maybe go check that out. Ah, I've been seeing a massage therapist for three months and nothing's happening. Chiropractor, this and that, physiotherapy, x-rays. Okay, guys, honestly, if there's nothing else, why wouldn't you do yourself the favor and try something else? Because getting back to big T, little T, Debbie, I'm looking at you. Uh, this stuff does get absorbed in the body. I feel, I, I, I truly feel, I, I feel it because I, I've, I've addressed it directly in my own body. I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. And I know that this neck was an issue for 25 years. And it wasn't until I started giving it the space and giving myself the space to open up and experience different things. This neck is not an issue anymore. Now you tell me what that is. If that's woo woo, then give me more of it. I'll take a big plate full of it. But let's get deeper into the woo woo, shall we? Let's get into past lives. Okay, past lives is something I think I might have touched upon it with Kelly. I know I've touched upon it with other people and, you know, conversations, even outside the podcast. Talk to me about past life traumas. Like how, how does this work? How deep does it go? Is this, is this a real thing? Tell me. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. I know um, five or six of my past lives. Um, one of them I'll, I'll share because it has to do with breathwork. So Courtney had mentioned earlier that she loves the scream portion. I cannot stand the scream portion because when the scream happens, especially when I'm in a group setting of breathwork and I hear the screams of the other participants, I am immediately in my trauma response. Why? I, I don't recall any experience in my life where people have been screaming um, from the depths of their core in this present life, trying to figure out what, what is it about this scream? What is it about the scream? So in knowing one of my past lives, um, and this is super woo, so let's just do it. Um, knowing about one of my past lives, I was uh, persecuted as being a witch and I was drowned. In the, in the experience of learning about the past life, not only was I screaming, but I could hear the screaming voices of other women being persecuted in, in similar ways. Um, and so I never really could figure out why it was such a traumatic thing for me to the point where I would go into a, uh, a panic attack. And at one point had to have Kelly like hold my hand the whole rest of the way uh, through the session. What I really think is happening is that, um, as Courtney had said earlier, we are energy. And I think the energetic imprints of the past life experiences um, and what we made it mean and what we internally processed about it stays with us. And whether we choose to learn or grow uh, more in this lifetime, that's a choice that we make before we arrive on earth, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I think we just want to, uh, I think what's coming to the surface is that imprint of that of that energy of that internal process so it is very possible 
for you to go back into something you've not, you can't recognize within this life. Uh, maybe people that you haven't really met, you know, or experiences based on ancestors of your own personal ancestors. It's very possible for you to sort of thin that veil because when you're breathing and you're getting in all of this oxygen, you're bypassing that part of the brain that has you in control of um, your surroundings and in black and white thinking and, 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 and you're sort of snuffing that out a little bit so that the areas of your brain and body that hold those imprints light up and want to come forward. Now, your, your body and your mind has a very good safety mechanism and it generally won't show you anything that you're not ready to take a look at. So I really, really trust in that. And I want people to trust in that, that they're not going to necessarily dive into something that they can't handle because their, their body and the brain and the brain and the body will not allow it. They have safety mechanisms in place um, to help them process and reintegrate some of these energy, some of this energy and some of this unhealed emotion as gracefully as they desire. So there's really nothing to worry about. And, um, and being open to anything possible is what makes this so magical. So then, and I'll, I'll open this up to anybody who wants to, to jump in, but we're focusing a lot on trauma. Uh, and, and I think that that's where we are as a society right now, you know, we're, fix we're fixing a lot, you know, there's, there's been a lot of missteps along the way, but one of the things that I'm trying to wrap my head around sometimes is how do you explain a, a 30 year old scientist who has like 15 degrees and, you know, has, has accomplished things that most people wouldn't even accomplish one of those things in their lifetime. Like, is there, is there a component of that, that can be ancestral knowledge that we can kind of capitalize on. This is just one of those journeys that I had. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, there's no way that this one person could have done all of this stuff. And here I am, you know, just doing little, little piddly things here and there are, is it just trauma that we're carrying forward? And is that because it's a big learning tool or is there positive stuff? collective knowledge that we can gather anything like that does anybody have any insight on any of that anything like that or a thought well i'll jump in <laughs> please do um i a hundred percent believe that you are bringing a lot of your gifts and a lot of your knowledge from other from other lifetimes i know you know this to be true because you wouldn't gravitate to certain things in this lifetime you really wouldn't you know like if you're natural, like for example, in one of my lifetimes, I was a nurse and I was um, caring for uh, people in a serious uh, plague or serious illness. And why I entered this lifetime always wanting to help, whether it was animals or people, always wanting to heal. I actually even had a, a time in my in my young adult life, I thought I was going to go into nursing. So why I've carried that healing nature is not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. And I, I, I can say that with like a confidence. <laughs> and, and nobody can dispute it because it's your, it's your feelings, right? And that's what, that's what I like about it. 
Courtney, what are your thoughts on this? What, what are your thoughts on knowledge being carried forward? I mean, at one point in time, just to throw another little thought out there, at one point in one of my journeys, I was convinced that this whole thing is a, is a big churn. It's, a, it's just a big, it's a big molten ball of energy and life, and it's just churning. And when it kicks us out, it kicks us out into some kind of stable form. And as much as we look at this life as fleeting, in that churn, it's way more chaotic than anything you could ever imagine. This is what my mind was thinking, right? So I don't know, Courtney, what are your thoughts on some of this stuff? I have done a lot of uh, what we call past life regression, similar to Debbie. So I have attended um, an ayahuasca church in the area uh, on several occasions where we work with plant medicine. And in those experiences, uh, working with the, we call him the padrino of the church. His name is Owen. He's a wonderful human. In the past life regression that we do and the conversations that he's in with, with everybody, we talk a lot about karma, your karmic wheel and where you are on the karmic wheel when you enter into this lifetime. It is believed, yes, as Debbie said, that when you enter into this lifetime, every lifetime that you move through also enters into this lifetime with you in the form of energetic imprint everything you've been through, everything you've carried, good and bad. Um, not that there needs to be a judgment, but to decipher between the two, positive or negative. And he shared with me in one of my past life regressions, when we were kind of going back into, I think I was talking to him about um, a lot of the sadness I carry around my father and my youngest brother's relationship and all of their trauma. And he laughed at me and said, how hilarious that you think it's your responsibility. They have like 30 plus lifetimes together. And your dad actually, uh, or your brother actually killed your dad in one of his lifetimes. So they're just working through their karma. They keep coming back lifetime after lifetime, right? To learn, to grow. And what are they really ready and, and willing to move through? So if you don't do the work in this lifetime, which I believe, you come back in your next lifetime with more work to do. And so what I think about the journey that Kelly and Debbie and myself are on, although Debbie is on our last lifetime, love you so much, Debbie, the world deserves to have you forever. You should be immortal. And, she'll, um, she'll be our angels for me. So she will. Yes. She absolutely will. She'll be with us forever in every lifetime. Um, but what I believe is that the work that we're doing, we get to come back in our next life. And I can't even imagine, you know, the impact that we'll be having then. And one of the things that Father Owen, Pedrino Owen shared with me too, he said, just by you being born on the karmic wheel into your father's life, you changed his karma by two points. It's like a pointing system. I don't know what it's, it's out of. He said, just by you, this beautiful light and love being born into his life changed his karma. So absolutely, I believe that the work that we do in this life, the legacy that we leave, the impact that we have, not only on ourselves, but people closest and beyond into the world, as Kelly has mentioned, it, it makes a difference. It, it changes the whole outcome of every lifetime that we have moving forward. So I believe in diving into that because it's really interesting to know where you came from, why you were put on this earth in this lifetime with the people that you are, and that it's really an opportunity, those challenges to circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's no coincidence that Kelly and I were put together, that Kelly and Debbie were put together. It's even the partners that you share relationship with for the amount of time you do, there's karma there. 
there's there's past life stuff there's connections it's it's like what debbie said it's why you gravitate towards something why are two people who grow up in the same household my brother and myself or my brothers and myself and i'm on this path and they're on a completely different path you know there's different energetic imprints that i came into this lifetime with i was meant to do big things which i am and i'll do even bigger things in my next life and for me that's just super exciting and it's possible for so many people it's just how willing and open are you right now? What a cool way to 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 look at things. I mean, the the positivity that you carry forward with that, just being open minded enough to to let that in and let that be the thought. And this is where I, I struggle a lot when it comes to uh, religion and faith. Uh, I had a gentleman on the show who is a born again Christian, and he actually opened my eyes to a few different things. And the fact that. I mean, a big, my biggest problem has always been the organization of religion, and, and that's really problematic in my opinion. But, but faith itself, I've never cast out as being a bad thing. And whatever that faith is, I, I genuinely believe, I don't think the faith even matters. If you're Buddhist, you're Catholic, if you believe in spirituality, I really don't care what it is, because all of them share the same tenets, and the same thing is said all the time, treat people the way that you want to be treated. And if you want to be treated like a bag of shit, then you treat people like a bag of shit. But we're not talking about that here. You know, we're talking about this, this energy that gets carried forward. I don't really see a bad thing with that. Um, Kelly, I want you to jump in on this here. Uh, <laughs> we, I don't think we got too woo woo uh, as it is. I keep saying like, you know, woo woo. I, I say that tongue in cheek because I, I honestly don't. I don't like labels, you know, and, and I'm just like everybody else. I, I think I really depended on labels a lot, but when woo woo gets thrown around, um, I see eye rolls and I see people shutting their, their minds off. And I think that that's such a dangerous thing to do, but Kelly, what are your thoughts on, on this whole past lives and current lives and future lives? I mean, I love that, um, people are open to hearing about this stuff because, um, I've learned a lot from this and especially from Debbie and Courtney both, but, um, just in, in opening my ears and listening to it. And for me, ultimately what it's given me is just a sense of like, almost like a sense of calmness. You know, we're always searching to know things like, give me the proof, give me like knowledge, give me something. But there's like also a way of just saying, or, or thinking or feeling like I just know. Like I just, something in me knows without in this lifetime getting all that proof. And um, I truly believe that we create what our life is going to be like and, and who's in it. And I believe that like Courtney's dad would have been like, I'm going to have this daughter that is like such a big light. And maybe that I'll, I'll, there'll be learnings there and that will help shift where I'm at. Maybe it won't, but I believe that like, our soul and wherever it goes definitely creates this. I'm coming back to earth and here's what I want to learn. And here's all the people that I want in my life and really like helps us lay a foundation of, to grow. And so whether we do in this lifetime, cause I do believe that like things can shift and pathways can change. Maybe we learn what we set out to be um, learning. Maybe we don't. And then we, you know, we die and then our soul goes somewhere. Our soul doesn't die. I believe that. I believe that our soul goes somewhere, wherever you want to believe it to heal and that we come back. And before we come back again, we choose like, 
what am I going to learn in this lifetime on earth? And like, who's going to be in my life now? And what relationships will I have? And um, when Courtney says like, she's here to like, like as a light and to teach it's it, she is. And like, she will be doing more in her next lifetime because she's um, repairing some of her wounds in this lifetime and um, making her light brighter by just sharing what we're up to all this healing. So I definitely believe in it. I actually, to say, like, I feel more comfortable with death, knowing that what I believe, what I feel like I know, even though proof hasn't been given to me, other than, you know, books I've read or stuff that is other people's experiences of, you know, a near death experience. But I believe that like my soul will go somewhere. I'll see Courtney, I'll see Debbie, I'll see whoever I want to see. I will heal and I'll come back. And that in the scariest thing from in that for me is just leaving my loved ones behind, but that there isn't like an end to it, that there is, we are eternity. We are an essence that's living out there. Um, and maybe that got woo woo, but, no, but that's yeah, I don't know. Honestly, Chris, it's since I've believed in this and it's just, yeah, I feel like more at peace and, and more calmness in my life. The yeah. peace is something that's so funny because in, in even my journeys uh, thus far, I've, I have found a piece in that. And, you know, it went from strangling, you know, life, basically, uh, you know, being so afraid that it's going to disappear. Um, one of my biggest fears throughout my entire life was losing my mom. Like my mom was the reason I did a lot of things. And unfortunately, she did pass, you know, in her sleep, just like that. And that I was faced with that moment. And when that moment took place, it, it wasn't the end. There was something there that was telling me that, you know, this is okay. There's something more there. There's some more, so there's some more to be done here. And I can't talk to a family member now where her name isn't mentioned. Um, my, my niece who was born a month before she passed away, uh, her first grandchild, there's expressions there. And this is something that really trips me out. There's expressions there that people will look and go, that's your mom. And I'm like, yeah, I know I've seen that expression before. So yeah, I mean, you tell me this person never had a chance to really imprint on this child. So there's, there's a, there's a feeling, there's an energy that gets carried forward. There has to be. Um, and, and there's a peace of mind, I think in, in, uh, in doing this and kind of accepting those, those realities, but there's been mentioned a few times on this episode that somebody is on their last go around. And I'm very curious about this. What is going on with this, Debbie? What's happening here? Is this it? Is this the last, is this the last ride here? What's going on? I just I, met you. <laughs> it's so funny that, uh, you know, I have been on such a healing journey with, uh, at a velocity that I can't even keep up with. It's like I am trying to, or my soul has dedicated this life to truly heal everything within this life and all of the others as I bring it into the present. But it didn't throw me off when I was told by two separate uh, who don't know each other um, intuitive, I'll say, or, uh, you know, psychic or channelers or however you want to call them mediums, um, that this is my last go around. And it didn't even phase me. I was like, yep, I feel that. And 
for so many reasons. For one of the reasons, as I described in the beginning, was that I, I um, truly have a sense that this is not my home, although it's wonderful here. Um, it's not my home. And, um, and then the fact that I have been healing at such a, a such a, a, a high velocity and going through there, the things coming forward for me are hitting me probably once a week. And I'm kind of like on an up and down roller coaster through in the processes, which I often feel like I need to apologize to Courtney and Kelly and, and all my family and everybody as they kind of uh, uh, go on the journey a little bit with me because I'm, it's, I'm healing one thing after the other and it's coming fast. Um, so yeah, one of my uh, purposes in my life is to help people get out of the soul cycle. And a lot of souls are sort of, I'll say stuck in the soul cycle, meaning that they, they're, they're not learning the things that they set out to learn. And therefore, when they make the choice to return, they're going to learn them again and again. And souls are getting tired. They're getting exhausted. Um, so one of the um, purposes for me is to help people to start to heal some of these things that they set out to do, but they're getting tired and exhausted and stuck. And the more that we live in a world where it's a faster pace, it's more computers, it's more, you know, it's more wars, it's more political stuff, people aren't getting a chance to heal and they're getting tired or they're getting depressed, they're getting into certain mental health issues. And sure, we could blame it on a number of things, but in my personal opinion, what's not happening is what they set out to do in this lifetime. And so that's just one of uh, my jobs. And I hope that I get to uh, complete that. And um, it's not that I don't want to come back, although I don't know, I'd be lying if I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm quite ready to, to uh, peace out. But at the same time, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying and um, I'm feeling more and more grounded in this work because before I was, I was constantly like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not in my home. I'm not in my home. And now I really do feel like I'm in my home right now that I can take my home with me and truly just bring heaven to earth because mm. it can do that. Sounds like a level of acceptance. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. The, the question that comes to mind is um, one that I hesitate to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What do you think happens next then for you? Okay, so on, on on so many levels of science and yada yada, I have no idea what happens to me. However, I will continue to do my work, just not here. It'll be on on an on a different level. Whether I'm supporting Kelly and Courtney um, and uh, and that kind of thing, but honestly, all we need to do is listen. There are so many supports that we cannot see, and that's part of why breath work is so important because when you start healing some of the big layers that are blocking you from this connection, man, it's just absolutely fantastic to know that you have, like, I'm never alone. I could be alone as much as I want in a room and I never feel alone. I can talk to whoever I want. And if I listen like carefully, I can get the answers. It's right there. But 
we are blocked. We're blocked with stuff, you know? And so the, the breathing is helping to peel away so that we just can get more connected to our essence and all of that support. I agree. I, I think one of the other things that I, I want to point out that I think is really cool is something that Courtney, that you had said, you had touched upon, you know, what your purpose was here. And Kelly was mentioning that, you know, this is your turn to heal a lot of the stuff. I, I was really starting to get a feeling of, you know, yeah, we're here for a short time. We've, we've already touched on that point, but just because it's a short time doesn't mean that it's, it's not valuable and we, we can't take the time that we do have. And you know, put in place, maybe something we didn't get a chance to last time, knowingly or unknowingly. And I don't know, I, I think what you ladies are saying is beautiful in a lot of ways. Um, I like to end it there. Okay. I, I think that that was more than I could have ever asked for. So thank you very, very much for opening up, sharing your experiences. Your next breathwork class is going to be on, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, June 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 7.30. Okay. 7.30. Okay. 7.30. Perfect. And I'm going to include the links to all of that and, and just, you know, continue to talk because I, I agree. I think that we don't listen enough and sometimes we don't, we don't talk when maybe we should. Uh, I think sometimes we've been forced into a position where, you know, we're, oh, you always have to talk or you always have to listen. But in my opinion, you can't have one without the other. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having us, Chris.